I got this wild idea for you, too. You ready? Yes. What if winter is sabbatical season and you start coming up with a sabbatical price? Where better to take a sabbatical than in the most beautiful part of Northern California where your creativity will flow, you're going to breathe the greatest air, and we have a sabbatical rate. I never thought about actually doing that, but that's actually a pretty good idea. This sounds like a great place where I could have a team retreat. I throw events where I'll bring clients and partners. This sounds like a great place to do that too. And honestly, that's a no-brainer. Right. Mark, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you doing, Nick? I'm great. I'm here with Jay. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jay. We're excited to look under the hood of your business today and try to see what we can find, how we can make it more efficient, maybe some growth opportunities. So how long ago did you start the Pines Resort? I'm just curious on a personal level, why did you start the resort? Did you have a unique opportunity to buy it? What happened? Yeah. So uh, my last actual job before I opened my own business was actually for the Marriott. And prior to that was the Radisson. And after I started my own business, I actually uh, got into real estate and I always wanted to get into hospitality and you know hotels. Basically what happened is um, I opened up a, a kiosk in the Mall of America, Minnesota, and eventually in several other mall uh, kiosks in other malls. Then uh, I went to Canada and I actually started my own brand of hair extensions. Uh, because of, you know, my girlfriend at the time and it did really well, but we broke up. That wasn't my favorite business to be in. And, um, that's when the martial arts Academy, uh, there was an opportunity to, uh, get in early with a good friend of mine where I trained. And then my parents, um, they basically got a days in right next to this as, uh, I kind of, my dad's always been an entrepreneur as well too, but I told him to consider both my parents to consider hospitality. And so uh, they had a days in, it was just like a, a 42 unit and it's about five minutes from the Pines Resort. They did well with it. And when 2008, the, the whole recession hit, the Pines Resort, someone had bought it in 2007 and they were just uh, commercial developers. They do like apartment buildings and, you know, commercial buildings and they just try to flip it real quick. And I think they grossly underestimated how much management is involved in a resort versus like a, an office building. There was just a great opportunity to buy it at uh, an extreme discount, almost pretty much just the price of the real estate because people weren't really buying. So uh, that's when my family purchased the resort. And then um, I kind of tied up my ends in Toronto, Canada, and uh, came down and started running the business. That's really interesting. And then since you started running it, was it sort of on its on its ass, so to speak, when you... Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's uh, to, to say it, you know, to say the least, it was... It basically was building it back up. It had really lost its reputation and kind of with the resort this size and with the amount of buildings and AC units and whatever, if you're not doing maintenance 24-7, it kind of goes to shit pretty fast. And you, you have a quite a large team, right? You know, when you say you have a 185-person uh, team, I guess that's not all full-time, right? I guess most- Oh, of yeah, they're definitely not all full-time. Um, I think uh, we have somewhere around like, 80 to 100 that are full-time. And I would say uh, we're also very seasonal. So we typically hire about, you know, 25 to 30 people uh, in our busy season as well, too. How many rooms are on the property? So altogether, there's uh, 86 cabins, uh, 20 suites, and five vacation rentals, so larger individual like cabin homes. Is a suite in a main building? Is that what it would yeah. be? So uh, the, there's 20 suites that are in a main building and there's two restaurants attached to the suite building. 
And then we also have a market with a gas station, a separate bar. And then we do have like a, a couple conference areas. So both indoor and uh, outdoor wow. venue. I mean, you said it's seasonal, but do people uh, avail themselves of it year round? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think there's a big opportunity in the winter season to uh, increase our revenue as well, too. Gotcha. And then, and then just uh, for, for geographic perspective, the fastest easiest way to get there is what? You fly into Sacramento? Sacramento? Oh, you fly into Fresno. And so we're um, a little less than an hour north of Fresno. Okay. So it's an easy, easy drive from Fresno. Yeah. And a lot of people with that, when they do come here, they fly into San Francisco or LA and they might make a road trip and stop off into, you know, Bass Lake and go to Yosemite on their way up to, you know, one way or the other. And for people that don't know, Bass Lake's very beautiful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's it's a very unique lake um, because we're just below the snow line. Like if you go to Tahoe, it's ice cold year round. The lake here actually gets to around uh, almost 80. So there's it's, oh, wow. it's nice. Yeah. And uh, and it's small enough. We we kind of have a monopoly on Bass Lake because it's it's somewhat of a small lake. It's five miles at, in length, but it's, it's kind of narrow. So it keeps it kind of quaint. I mean, besides just families using it, maybe weddings or retreats. What are the other uh, attractions of the facility? Well, the outdoor area, uh, we have a, a gazebo area that's right on the lake and you see the, the mountains. And so we do, this year we're going to do about 70 weddings. Uh, so weddings wow. is a big, big attraction here. And then there's just a lot of activities. There's a full marina on site, but we don't own and operate that. Very cool. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, if you don't mind, so Nick and I are going to come at this from a double team. I tend sure. to be more revenue system optimization. He's going to be uh, operational efficiency productivity. So if you had one big problem to solve, opportunity to mine better, challenge to resolve in either or both of those areas, what would they be and why? So we can try to isolate where we want to focus in this session for you. So I think we can improve a lot in both areas. If there's areas that I'm kind of overlooking, uh, I definitely would like to explore that because I know you're a master of finding you know, value. But for example, the wintertime, we have a lot of our occupancy drops. Our weekends are Saturday, Sunday, or Friday night, Saturday night stays pretty busy. But um, there's a lot of uh, vacancy uh, once we get into the wintertime. And I feel like there is an opportunity to... Uh, make it attractive because it is beautiful up here. And is it really beautiful in the winter? When it snows, people do come up. It doesn't always snow, but I feel like uh, um, it's very quiet and serene in the wintertime. Very cool. So so that's the one big thing, that how to increase the occupancy rate during the low season. Yeah, I feel like that. Any anything that we increase there is, you know, it's great okay. that it's all uh, new revenue that's not being displayed, not, not displacing some other source of revenue. Well, let's brainstorm it. But what, uh, I have one, one other question for you. What are your personal goals with this business? Are you trying to have a lifestyle business? Are you trying to exit it? Are you trying to get a model that works and then replicate it in other in other areas? Of what, what are you hoping for out so, of running this? Uh, um, I'm definitely, uh, you know, uh, a growth-minded entrepreneur. And hence, uh, you know, that's how I know you, Nick. But uh, we're trying, I definitely would like to scale. And so uh, recently, last year, we purchased 10 acres that's just adjacent to it, just north of it. And on these 10 acres, we want to do uh, luxury tents. And there are other luxury tents, but I feel like um, we want to make these a very, very high-end luxury tents so that they have like uh, 
AC, heat, really nice beds, really nice furniture. Have you ever seen one of that? Oh, no, I've done. I've done one. Have you heard of the company Collective Retreats? Yes, I have. I haven't stayed at one of those, but I, I intend. Is that one it is. Uh, yeah, they have. I stayed at the one in Montana in yeah, Big Sky. Well, you pay the same price as a Four Seasons, basically. It is it then? Um, yeah, I had a bathroom, a fire inside fireplace. How big is yeah. the tent? I mean, it was a pretty substantial tent. I mean, it was a cool experience. I'm very uh, sensitive to mosquitoes, though. So yeah. I was getting it was like high mosquito season, and it I just seems. got completely attacked. But it was a very cool experience. It's one of those one of those things that you know is like a bucket list item. I felt that's so interesting. Let me ask you this, Mark, real quickly before we get into it. Do your rates change dramatically in the winter? Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I think we our rates uh, probably are reduced by like 35, maybe 40% even in the wintertime. And, and Mark, are there local restaurants and bars that people can go to? Or, or if they need to eat, they can only eat on your property and therefore you're willing to take a hit on the, on the room price because you're going to make it back? Yeah, you know, um, beverage. So there's the the nearest town is called Oakhurst, and they have you know like grocery stores and you know restaurants and things of that nature. It's a it's a small town, but it has like a a decent amount of you know restaurants and things. Um, so there is that option. I would say that people who stay with us, they probably spend um, I don't know sixty to seventy five of their uh, food you know purchases on property though. Gotcha. Okay. And then, and then I just curious, do a lot of weddings happen in the winter? Not too many, but some. All right. So are there a lot of retreats that occur anytime? And if oh, so- yeah, we, we do have retreats, we notice there's kind of an uptick in um, family reunions and friend kind of friends reunions. Oh, uh, but I you- definitely think there's, so what are- now one of our marketing uh, objectives for the next quarter is one thing we haven't done too much is really go after like these Bay Area tech companies or, or you know, uh, business retreats for from all the businesses in LA. Pretty much all of the group business that we get are more like uh, associations and clubs and not really professional. And I think there's a great opportunity there yeah. as well. Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of these companies, you have so much, you have 86 cabins, you said? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, a large company could could take their their team or department for for a retreat uh, on property or you know jay has groups that you know i'm sure that you know that we do programs you do programs i do a week in mexico once a year i mean you could probably partner with people like us to yeah so let's go through a litany of how you drive the business that you generate now from a marketing and selling Uh, i saw some of your notes and it sounds like you have a, a significant repeat uh, factor uh, annually as well as more frequently, but give us a little bit of what you do and how it does type marketing, selling, uh, whatever you do, PR, anything like that. We use a lot of different levers, um, both with partners and um, just our own marketing. But our, I think our, our main marketing channel is uh, our Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, we try to be active on on all the main social medias. We try to take advantage of PR where we can. How do you take advantage of PR? Uh, just writing press releases, uh, working with the visitor bureau. We have a blog uh, that we you know write maybe a few articles a month, and then uh, talking to the news stations. Uh, the visitor bureau also help, helps with that as well too. And so um, during COVID, we actually uh, 
got on the cover of the Fresno Bee, which is one of the largest newspapers in the central California area. We've been on this Korean documentary. So we, we try to do what we can. Um, I don't know if there's any strategic systematic process, but we definitely do pay attention to PR. So right now you spend a lot and what kind of correlation do you get from that if it's very measurable? In other words, obviously people don't book always, you know, you don't I mean there's certain kind of advertising where you get a lead, you get it converted in a week or two weeks or a day or instantly. Yours has probably got a longer tail, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with Facebook, uh, one thing we do like about it is that, you know, there is some metrics, you know, I mean, I guess anything digital, there's, there's some metrics. Yes. Um, if we, uh, I mean, so we do uh, Google ads as well, too, and spend a decent amount with those. But I feel like uh, with social media, we're also getting followings, reshares. But with Facebook, especially, I will say during COVID, uh, it, it's very unfortunate that a lot of businesses struggled and you know, a lot of people suffered through that. But for us, um, that was probably the greatest thing to happen for our business because we leaned into our marketing because we're like, we're getting 10 times the reach with the same dollar because no yeah. one's marketing and we're getting, we're hiring a bunch of people because all these other places are closed down. And so um, we got a huge boost, but I would say on average, our Facebook, uh, we probably get somewhere around like 15 to one on our ad spend. Yes, that's great. And then, uh, and then that doesn't count the repeat factor, right? Yes. And, and a lot of the people, I assume we don't know this for sure, but I assume we get probably about 45% people making the reservations by calling it because they have questions. And then do you have a great call center? We just use our front desk uh, as our call center and we have a pretty, pretty good front desk. I think they do a pretty good job. What's the lifetime value? If you acquire a client right now, do you know what the lifetime value is and what your cost of acquiring a customer is? I should, but I don't. <laughs> well, put it this way. I mean, let's take, if you get a 15 to one on the first, well, and yeah, yeah. So, what's your repeat? Yeah. I mean, do you have a, a, a conservative guess of what your annual repeat is? Well, even if they come one time on average, how long do they stay and what do they spend? Yeah, that's, good. that's a good start. Yeah. So um, they spend on average about uh, two and a half, somewhere maybe two to two and a half days. Two, okay. okay. And how much does it cost a night on average? Um, our average room night is, it, it's it's gone up a lot recently. So I'm trying to do yeah. the math, but I think it's probably going to be around around 285 maybe. All right. So call it 600 bucks. Yeah. And then what do they spend on food? And how many people stay in a room on average? Two people? Um, I would say on average, like three and a half. Three and a half. And then how much yeah. three and a half people spend on food and drinks over two days? So there's a market. So the market is a, a, a great uh, cash source for us. Um, so they usually, they'll probably cook like a meal or two buying, buying groceries at the market. And then they'll probably eat about two to three meals at our restaurant. All right. So it sounds like it's around a thousand bucks you get. If you acquire one person on an ad, sounds like you could expect a thousand dollars of revenue minimum, right? If they don't repeat. Is that fair? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. And could, I feel like it could be more than that. Even. And what's your profit margin on the, on, on the thousand when you blend in the F and B plus the, plus the. So it, that, that's a little bit complicated just because um, each revenue source has its, has a different margin. Sure. So our market does really well. Our rooms does okay. Our restaurants is kind of in the single digits, but the restaurant- You got a liquor license? Excuse me? Liquor license? Oh yeah. Um, the the bar, uh, we do a decent amount. So I mean, they, we get a more margin there. 
But when so you're, if I, if I have to just take our, our, our overall, our overall margin is probably, you know, around, you know, 15, 10 to 15%. When, when you blend it all together? Yeah. Huh. And, and what would occupancy be in the summer versus winter, roughly? In the summer, we're close to 90. Wow. So um, right now, oh, just clear, right now you have 86 cabins. You have over 70 that are full right now this week. Right. Oh yeah. Well, on Saturdays we sell out every Saturday. So, wow. so we're we're pretty much sold out Friday and Saturday. July is also our busiest month. So, uh, July typically is around like ninety to ninety five, and the weekends in general. So Friday, Saturday throughout the year is about you know ninety ish. It's just the midweek that we really fall off in the winter time. Well, our yearly overall occupancy is around like seventy five to seventy eight, but uh, the winter time it there's definitely a big. Right. Sean, but the week in the winter, I'm stepping on you, Nick, or excuse me, Mark, but the week is going to be really low and then the weekend's still decent in the winter. Yes, that's right. And do you do uh, some of these types of specials where it's, you know, come for two days, get a third free? And yes. Stuff? Does that seem to help? Yeah. So uh, we have a revenue and marketing manager. Um, she's, I call her my MVP, but she uh, basically, when I come up with some, some marketing ideas and, you know, it fits into uh, her bandwidth then she's the one who makes it real and, and does everything. So we, we just got done with the Christmas in July and that's uh, people actually wait for that. And it's kind of, we choose all of our slowest dates in the winter and then we offer them at up to half price. Well, that's interesting. And so you get cash up front too. We go uh, into doing uh, things with travel zoos. A travel zoo is, you would think of it as a Groupon, except for the people who are, who use it generally have a lot of money and travel a lot. Well, that's interesting. And what do you give them? Uh, do they get half price on things? Uh, not half price, but it's um, probably more significant, probably the most significant discount we'd have besides our Christmas and July sale. Hmm. And is it across the board? Do they get, for example, one night half price and then they get the rest at full or the whole yeah, thing? I think we, there's like a three night minimum and there's a certain amount of discounts and we black out certain days like holidays and our really peak times. So they only can book uh, at kind of slower to medium busy it's- times. All right, so let's go through something. If the weekdays are very good during the summer and the weekends are so good that you're overbooked, then the question is that extra 10%, let's just extrapolate. If that means you've got basically roughly almost nine cabins that are not full every week at what would a week's worth of almost 300, that's uh, 21 times nine. So that's about 18,000 a week times four and a third. So there's arguably something like, you know, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 of, oh, let's use the word buying power. And then if you took your, your 20 suites, if you have two that are not full, what's a suite go for? So actually, cause I, I use the average. So in the summertime, our average, uh, use just a summertime average is probably more closer to 400 actually. Okay, so add that. So roughly, what is that? Another fifteen percent more, ten percent. My brain isn't working. Sorry. Well, for e- for easy oh. math, I would say that um, you could put the suites. They're a little bit more, but it's you, you can just use the same. Number. Okay, so four times four times what did I say four times nine is thirty six a day. You know, four hundred is thirty six hundred a day times times. Let's just say thirty. That's basically what is that? Ninety thousand dollars. Thirty six times thirty. Yeah. So, uh, Excuse me, it's hundred and uh, right, so hundred grand a month of 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 lost revenue. So 
Let me ask you a question, and I'm going to go wild card with it. And we were talking about this earlier. I've done lots of barter. Do you trade very much? We do. Um, we're, we're very open to it. Um, I, I love bartering. Um, one thing that we do try to do is we try to get uh, a lot of influencers um, to come with us, to, to stay with us if we have free rooms. Uh, the last one uh, is called Family, Family Fun Pack, and they have 9 million YouTube subscribers. And really so working. Did it work well? I don't know yet. But there is a lot of viewership and that is our target market. Our target market is uh, families with kind of young children or children kind of mm. that haven't gone to college yet. So, so there's lots of ways that you can do barter. You can barter for advertising to radio, television, media, and have them use the credits many ways. They can use the credits to give us bonus or compensation to their team. They can use the credits to promote as contests. They can use the credits themselves, but you get advertising, which could be very, very good. You can trade for things that you may not normally, uh, you know, that you have to pay cash for, whether it's maintenance, chemicals, painting, carpet, signage, anything. You can trade for you know, for reciprocal, for other, you know, other facilities that are other places. And you could actually use those credits the same way or cash convert them. And you can trade to organizations for events and get stuff from them. I mean, you could go to, you know, a computer company and say, we'll trade you for, you know, for an event for your whole, for your executive team of 30. And that's worth, you know, 30 grand. And we'll give you food or basic food. And all of a sudden you're getting computers that you either would use, buy, want for yourself, or you could resell and we call it cash convert. So there's a lot of things like that you could do. And in the winter, particularly. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. How, how, so th with all those rooms, how, what's the total occupancy? If you added up like the total number of bodies that you can keep on property, what is that? Um, well, uh, we say some some of them can have up to six, but uh, and some people actually bring put even more than that. And what's the max that your kitchen can handle in the restaurant at any time? Uh, we so we have two restaurants, and I think it's around uh, 130 each, 130, 140 for each. A nice size, yeah, it's a good size. I mean, going to companies and trying to work out some deals where they get a discount to rent it out ahead of time for the the slower weeks. If you had zero people staying during say a week in January, what does that cost you? You mean just, 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 the, just, just our, to, our bills? And just, yeah, just payroll and whatever other maintenance costs. Like what, what I'm just wondering what revenue you, do you need to bring in to, to break even during those slower weeks? You know what? I, I should do that math, but I, I, I really haven't done that. Yeah. Math. Well, All right. Time, well, when you're done, do it. Uh, let me ask you this question. What would it cost hypothetically to get a luxury, I went somewhere this week and we went to the Reagan Library. And the yeah. Reagan Library is very nice. interesting. It was gorgeous. And the setting was fabulous. But we went in the luxury, we went, we're donors to our hospital and they took three buses and they took us all. It was only an hour and a half. But it was very nice. The buses are air conditioned, bathrooms. They gave us wine and food. It was very nice. What would it cost if you organized bus transportation that was gratis if people came up there during the off season. And I mean, I wonder if that would absorb because it seems like part of the turnoff is probably uh, getting there if you don't, if you're not close, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, we actually are exploring that. Um, it's funny that you say that, but um, 
dealing with a, a, a bus company to actually go pick people up right from yeah. there. I like the that because yeah. if you said we have, you know, it's a turnkey package. You come for, you know, a week or you come for, you know, if the winter, if it's, if it's slow, is it, is it packed in the winter weekends too or not? Pretty much. Yeah. The Saturdays is, is pretty much packed uh, year round. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, during the week, if you could have an event or something where you actually, I don't know that it would cost out, but if, you know, if a bus costs the equivalent of $50 a person to get them there and $50 to come back, but you got three nights at, uh, at $300 and it's 900 and your cost was a hundred. I'm not saying that would be it. It might be more. And that, you know, and you're, you're getting utility because probably besides talking about your current margins, if you fill the time that's, that's under occupied, that's going to come right to your bottom line, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and for, for the most part, we feel like if we can get, well, if no one stays there, it's, it's really expensive. I almost, I like to think of the the rooms almost like fruit. Like it, if you don't sell it, it's both bad right and it's good. Right. Yeah. And you can't, and the, and the one thing is you can't save it. If, if today you have 30% not occupied and tomorrow you have, you know, more people, you can't take that 30% and, and do anything with it tomorrow. It's gone forever. Exactly. Are there any conferences that ever, that, that have ever happened and have been hosted on your property? Yeah, we do conferences. Our, our conference facility, as is right now, we could probably do 300 is, is a little bit tight, 250, so maybe like 200, right. 200 is, is like a, a decent That's size true. for us. Like, like our, You've done conferences before where you give them a bit of a discount or, or something to do it during the weekdays and you get a full rent out? Yeah, you know, um, uh, so a lot of, uh, we're, we're pretty good with the, the county. So a lot of the county does, they're like, there was a big sheriff's event that happened here. So I would say just like the county, like the, the Board of Supervisors has like a meeting here. UCSF, uh, they, um, the university, they, their faculty, they come like four times a year here. Wow. So and if, we, if we got more of them, it would, you know, that and Mark, would be like really cool. Does your revenue officer market aggressively events? I mean, uh, conferences and meetings? A little bit, but I think... Um, I wouldn't say very aggressively, but that is our, our goal this quarter. I mean, what do you think? Because like going after one organization or one conference, you know, you well, acquire yeah. one person, you get a, a whole salary. Well, yeah, particularly if you can do it in the off in the off uh, months, in the off days. I mean, it would seem like you could, I don't know who, it's not the realm that I'm familiar with, but I would think that there must be freelance people that, 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 promote that, or you could make it very, very lucrative on performance to somebody if they could really bring a bunch of events. Are there a lot of- what's There's event managers too, you could go and partner yeah, with. But I would think that if you gave, you know, if the normality is X and in the beginning to get them starting to be used and filled, yeah. you spent two or three X because incrementally you're still going to make profit, but you're going to start a little uh, like a groundswell of awareness. And if people have a great experience- Theoretically, they'll repeat it and you, you know, and you're, and you're basically seeding it for forever. You're doing three or four things. That would be pretty cool, Mark. You know, I, I think that is a really good idea. Um, I do like the idea of giving a nice, uh, nice commission upfront for somebody like someone who's freelance or who is uh, in, in touch with the, like these networks of uh, event planners or business. And let me tell you something that's really interesting that you could do. And I don't know graphically, whether you'd only be able to draw from, you know, California, Northern, Southern, all none, 
but you can you can look up on and I don't I'm not good at this, but you can look up on um, LinkedIn people that either have done that and no longer do it. Sometimes if someone does it for one business, but they leave and they have relationships, you can connect with them and say, how'd you like to make tens of thousands of dollars for making a hundred phone calls? And you just basically say, go through your Rolodex from when you used to do this, all the people you know that do events all the time, suggest this, we'll give them a great package. And yep. instead of making you know, 10%, you'll get 25. It doesn't really matter in the beginning if it's incremental and you know that you're not just doing it static for the revenue, you're doing it to get the word out. You're doing it to set people up to come back. The individuals that come might bring their families. You get all this residual and ancillary opportunity that would flow from it, Mark. I think that's a great idea. I, I definitely wrote that down on my to-do. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I see uh, a group that might stay here that's, let's say, even 75 people or whatever, that might well be worth, you know, $30,000, you know, or $25,000, something like that. And if they're coming in the wintertime and uh, midweek, it, uh, we can afford to give them a nice commission. You, you could do the same thing with, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to have an ADD moment, but I'm going to make an interventional correction on myself. So when COVID first started and everything died, radio stations and television stations were dead. They couldn't give, and, and they were all starving. And I had over 900 that were introduced to me from a friend of mine who would have done anything they could. And I was trying to help them, but they all wanted uniquely different things and it was too much trouble. I wanted to unify it and they didn't want anyone wanted their own thing, but they were willing to do paper, lead paper, deal. You could go to radio TV in the off season, give them a package and give them half incrementally on the days that are dead because you're getting free exposure that is programming people in the good time. And that would be another thing you could do, Mark, that would be just say, hey, guys, here's the deal. We'll trade in, and it's the way I would do it. I'd say, how much, uh, you know, is a fair run of, we call it like the run of the station, everything, like, like 20 spots a day, every day for a month. And they'd say, well, that's worth, let's call it $30,000. Okay, I'm going to do something great. I'm going to give you $30,000 credit. And the only stipulation, you have to use it when it's availability only. I'll make 5,000 of it credit for, uh, for food, but not alcohol and not tax and tip. I will also pay you. That's like a retainer. I will pay you 30, 40, 50% of every booking in the off season on the days I give you. And we'll give you a package that is, is just for you. And if it works, it's great. Even if it doesn't work, you're getting free advertising. And if they use it, what, what, what if you if you do it right, you can stipulate you get to use it. You know these you can have blackout times even in the winter, no weekends. You know the busiest, and and what happens is even and you don't have to give the food, but anything you do, you're playing a longer game and you're playing a more strategic game where you're not just trying to do it for the moment. There's, there's another thought, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote that down. I'm, uh, I think there is a lot of opportunity there because I'll. Uh, even a local radio station, they keep, uh, they keep, they, I haven't really responded too much um, just because it's, I know there's still a big market in radio, but we're, our, we've been so focused with our dollars where we can kind of see the ROI. It's nothing. It's cost, this is like. Exactly. You're, you, I mean, let me tell you a great story. It's true. One of my friends helped Carnival Cruise when they first started out. 
They only had one secondhand cruise ship and they were so poor, true story, they couldn't even paint it on both sides. They had to bring it in on the painted side. And they, they were going out every week, half empty, half full, half empty, about 400 unused rooms. Let's say today that was a hundred, that was a thousand dollars a week. So every week, $400,000 of buying power was going down the drain. And what he did was convince them that he went to every radio station, television, magazine, newspaper he could, and he offered to trade them credit on the cruise for advertising, but he did something even better. He gave them two years to use their credit, but he used his right away. And what that did was, you know, the time value of money is going to diminish. And he found two things. The people that use the credit usually brought other people with them who paid. And they also spent money on all the ancillary things. So, I mean, Mark, I would think if you went and said, look, I don't know if your station will work or not, but I'm very sporty. Let's do a, a, a test experiment. I'll cover your downside with credits. You can give them as, as prizes. You can give them as bonuses. You can give them as incentives. You can give them as Christmas bonuses to your team and give them to your advertisers. I will also give you variable on everybody that books. And then you say, and if I bring in a minimum of X, I'll buy time every month from you. I like that. This is all gold and I'm going to implement it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I, I have some questions, just switching a bit more to bottom line for a second and efficiency. Mm -hmm. So when you do have low occupancy and you still have staff that are full time, what are you, how are you utilizing your staff when, you know, when, when you are in these lulls? Uh, it's definitely tricky. We, we like to always play the long game with our staff, yep. uh, however much we can. So we, uh, we, we try to see who can afford to reduce hours. Are they hourly or they salary most of these people? We have a handful of salary, but most are hourly. I see. And, so and you're that's, not, that's you're a big not reason. Bleeding. So you're not bleeding money when it's when it's low, you cut their hourly, but then obviously some of them, if they can't afford to cut it too much, you lose them and then you have to go and spend money to hire more people exactly. and then train. Um, we, we try our best not to do that um, just because we, we understand the value of a good staff who's loyal. So uh, we, we generally kind of do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis on what they can can't do. But usually we we do spend a lot of time in the off season on maintenance and um, other projects that uh, so we, we work focus on improving the the business, so the service, the operation. And in the summertime we're just trying to execute. Right. Are there any opportunities? One, yeah, so to have them work on maintenance, but maybe if they have other skills like design or marketing or other things, some of these people, maybe that you could repurpose. Or are there local businesses that um, could utilize them and you could almost do some type of partnership with local businesses uh, for your full-time people where you kind of give them your people's resource, you're, you're on the hook for their salary, but then the other businesses, you know, paying you for services um, that they're providing? We, we thought about that. The only thing with that is it's kind of a, a it's a whole, it's a, a mountain wide kind of phenomenon. So everyone's busy in the summertime and everyone's kind of slow in the wintertime. So there's not too many people right. I think that would take advantage of that here. I wonder if you could utilize them for some sales activities. If you have some lists and, and you, do you ever, it, are most of the phone calls is all inbound? Do you ever contact people that stayed a long time ago or do you, What's your engagement with previous clients? We do. Uh, we 
mostly, you know, we have, let's see, uh, five, you know, five sales managers. So they keep in contact with their, uh, you know, key clients. And then we, as far as our regular leisure clients, um, we just do regular like uh, email blasts, but that, that's probably the most. But I would say our salespeople generally don't have to worry about hours getting cut because we're always trying to fill that pipeline. Right. So the um, issue are these, these other people that are hourly and how you can utilize them in a profitable way where it's a win-win. Yeah. And I would say our biggest area is probably the restaurant because um, that the restaurants just require a lot of labor, both front of house and back of house. And we have two of them. And so that part's a little bit tricky. A lot of um, staff, they do go on unemployment for a little bit. Um, some don't. Um, the, the senior, the people who are there longer, uh, we have a few people on salary and a few people who, you know, like our supervisors, we make sure that they're busy year round. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That it's, it's a little bit tricky. I, we haven't found a good, a good answer for that besides just trying to get business in in the winter. I got this wild idea for you too. You ready? Yes. So there is a lot of people that have thought about taking sabbaticals. You know that? Mm -hmm. What if winter is sabbatical season and you start coming up with a sabbatical price for like a month and you say, where better to take a sabbatical than in the most beautiful part? of Northern California, where you'll be reinvigorated, your creativity will flow, and you're going to breathe the greatest air. And we have a sabbatical rate in yeah, the winter. For, for like an entire month? Yeah. I like that. And even if people didn't do the sabbatical rate, they might say, wow, I'll come for a week. Or I think even some people like, you know what? I never thought about actually doing that, but that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then I've got a former client who teaches... He teaches, he does, he, he's got the, it's called Plain Air, P-L-E-I-N or E-I-E-N, and it's art. And he does these art events where they'll go places for a week and paint. And there's probably a lot of things like that, that your woman, who's the uh, revenue officer, could come up with. Where in the winter, you can say, what, a, it, the winter is the most beautiful time in, you know, in Yosemite. Come to Yosemite, we'll have art painting or things like that. My son uh, is a yoga instructor in Australia, and they go to Bali all the time for yeah. yoga retreats. Yeah. You were into martial arts. You could even say, let's do a martial art retreat in, in Yosemite. And you can come up with all these crazy ideas. Or a conference with those franchise, those kickboxing franchises. Yeah, but if you basically oh, yeah. said you're a person, one of the things that I've found, Mark, and it's always served me well. I always have probably a hundred zany, crazy, inventive, unprecedented propositions out to people all the time because I don't expect many of them to be accepted, but I always get some of them accepted. But if I only had three out, I would get none of them accepted. So you could start thinking very inventively because it doesn't matter if nobody accepts it as presented because you're getting value for it. Anyhow, if somebody said, you can say, I don't know if it'll work, but why don't you go to your list with it? Well, now it doesn't matter if they don't want to come for sabbatical week or you're getting the promotion, you're getting awareness. And if you're like me, we uh, have a beach house and, and it's, it's beautiful. It's in, uh, it's outside of Laguna. It's very nice in the summer, but it's majestic in the winter. The winter is, Certainly twice and maybe thrice as beautiful. The air is clear. You know, it's brisk. It's it's invigorating. We love being there all year, but we really love it 
make you could have fun promoting the fact that everyone's wrong. The winter's the time to go there. It's more romantic. It's more beautiful. It's more serene. It's more private. You know, and it's also better values. Absolutely. And you romance and you sent press releases out. Also, do you do a regular? It, is it beautiful almost every day uh, around you? Because you're right on the lake, right? Pretty much, yeah. It, well, it's, it's definitely like how it feels like God's country over here. Well, and and what's your database size? How big is it? Um, so on our our email is about forty thousand. Hmm. Our Facebook is maybe around thirty five thousand. Our Instagram is about twenty thousand. What I've got an idea for you. What if almost every day you did either a live or you did basically a cam for what it's, you know, today is a gorgeous day on the lake or good gorgeous day at Pine. What is it called? Pine, the Pines Resort. And you, every day, if every day is gorgeous, you start sending them just a, either a live or a still of, of today. Some with commentary emails, some just the picture or the video, or you set up a permanent video, you know, the 24 seven Pines Lake uh, video cam. Yeah. You know, we definitely, we, we get started that, but for some reason we had some technical issues and we never got around to fixing it. But I, I definitely think we should have a-, a well, I mean, if you got 40,000 people and you might also, one of the things I've always done, whenever you're going to make a special offer, I would always go to my database or my client's database and say, we want to basically reward you for your loyalty. And we're going to tell you about something we're getting ready to offer in the outside market, advertise extensively. But before we do, because last time we did something like this, it sold out. And we expect it to do it again, whether it does or not is moot. We want to tell you about it and it's a winter something. But we also want to extend the first right of refusal to any of your friends, relatives, neighbors, church members you want to offer it to. We'll give you the it's a special price lower than the, the one we'll offer there. And we're going to pass it on to you to give to anybody you feel would benefit, but it's got to be booked in the next 10 days. I like it. And it'd be really fun. Is there a voice? Is there one person who's the voice of your company? In general, that would be me. And do you have a really good persona that you, I mean, do you have a certain, like a, a way that you write and certain things you say and propriety? You know what? I wouldn't say that I'm uh, I'm good, but I'm, I'm, I don't think I suck. <laughs> so what do you do to market other people to your database? I mean, we have like a, a activity guide lead magnet and- No, that's um, what I'm saying. Here's what you should do. I mean, you've got people that come sometimes twice or more to yours. You've got people that come there frequently every year. It's a profile of a certain type. You know, you could partner with other companies that have the same problem you have, and you could get half of their incremental revenue for people- so if you've got 40,000 people that have had at least one and many of them multiple stays, there's a profile. They probably, I'll bet anything right now, do me a favor when we're off this. It's, it's, we don't have time now. I want you to go hang out by the cabins, hang out by the restaurant and ask people what else they do, what other vacations, what other places they go in the year. And I'll bet anything they go rafting. I'll bet anything they go camping. I'll bet everything they do a lot of things. We figure what they do and then find companies that have really cool versions of that and partner with them where you get half of that business in their off season. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And you know, actually that, that Mark, uh, and, and that, that was on my, um, from, we just, uh, I just came back from a, a coaching workshop and that was one of the things I got out of that is 
For Dan Sullivan, he calls it the DAS. You ask them about their dangers, opportunities, and strengths, and try to partner with, you know, collaborate with whoever is kind of solving those issues for for the guests. And so, yeah, but uh, I would just want to know what they already do and where they go. And then if they say, oh, I go to, because we used to go all the time to high-end rafting. And I'm sure high-end rafting, because we went in the winter down the Grand Canyon, but it was, they said that was a very slow period for them. So if it's a slow period for them, you probably have 40,000 people amongst which maybe 500 would go rafting for $3,000. And if that was $150,000 and you backed out the hard cost and you got half of that and you did a promotion every couple of weeks for something and every time you made an extra 50 or under grand, it wouldn't be so bad, would it? And if you got very, very high response for one thing, you might say, we want to basically create that as a business of our own. So I have a few questions for you, Mark. One question, how do you optimize the pricing of the cabins and the rooms? So um, before we did it just based on um, historical data and looking at what other um, somewhat, you know, competitor, you know, charge, like similar type of uh, comp sets. But um, like we for recently- on, you're at 90% occupancy in July. How do you know you couldn't charge another 10% and not really affect that 90%? Yeah. So what we did do, we made it a big priority is um, we use this AI called Ideas, uh, uh-huh. Ideas G3. And what they do is uh, we actually named him Sheldon because he's actually pretty from Bing, Big, Big Bank Theory. But uh, what he does is he he analyzes um, demand based on website traffic, what's going on in the market. Um, they use uh, third party data as well, too. And they uh, predict the demand. And we kind of set like a ceiling. We, we basically helped create. Um, there's a system, a month long training we did where we just fill out a bunch of algorithms with, with this, uh, with the, I guess the trainer of this AI. And so the AI basically spits out the price yeah. that we should charge. And, and is it trying to optimize for hundred percent? Because I would imagine it's not optimal to shoot for hundred percent. Exactly. Because it probably means that you're not charging enough, right? Like, uh, I, as a, my company leverage, we're shooting for kind of 80% team utilization. Cause if it's, if if we're too low, we're losing. But if it's too high, we're going to put too much strain. So what are you shooting for? What's an optimal uh, occupancy rate in your industry? Yeah. So um, I would say in general, you try to, I mean, you want a hundred just to maximize, you know, the, 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 the profit that you could get the revenue. But in reality, what you're shooting for with the AI uh, when you first pricing is, uh, yeah, probably somewhere, um, you know, 90 to 95. We, we want to make sure that we're considering the, the revenue and the profit and the price as well as occupancy. So it's always kind of like there's a little bit of a trade-off on each side. Well, I would imagine that you're probably maximizing profit something below 100% because that yeah. means charging more. Uh, it would be interesting to, to, to get the data that we said before on lifetime value, what percentage of people come back. Do you do anything like net promoter scores at the end. So you have a kind of a sense of customer satisfaction at the end. And do you, do you capture that in a system anywhere? You know what we should? Um, I, I don't, I mean, there's, uh, we look at our uh, TripAdvisor score and Yelp and um, Google and Facebook reviews. Yep. And then what we do do is we have a survey that goes to every guest when they leave. And it's, uh, it actually gets a high response rate because it only asks three questions, like one out of five, what would you rate us? What could be better? What did you like? And, and what, then, and, and that survey is what? That's a in-house survey or that's on TripAdvisor? 
Oh, it's an in-house survey. And uh, if it's four or above, we say, would you like to share it on TripAdvisor? If it's three or below, it goes you know, just straight to us and we try to make it right. And, and when people check out, do, do the people that check them out ask them, how did you enjoy this? And if they say, great, then the front desk person's instructed as part of the checkout process. Would you be willing to go to TripAdvisor? They're supposed to, but uh, I'm sure it doesn't happen as much as uh, you know I would like it to. But I, I definitely feel like there's a lot of areas for us to uh, put more focus and get, you know, even for myself to sit down there, you know, like, uh, you know, a couple times a month and just just talk to guests as they leave. You know, I think I get a lot of feedback. So are are the cabins really, are they very nice inside? They're they're decent. They're not like, because they, they were built in 71. They have, the kitchen has gotten remodeled and we have piece by piece, you know, updated it. But um, I would say it's like, they're, they're all right. They're not high end. They're like, you know, but it's very, they go with TVs and air conditioning, everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we have two split areas upstairs and downstairs. There's their two stories plus a loft. They have a full kitchen. They have um, you know, two TVs on each. They sleep, um, they sleep six. Yeah. Sleep six. Um, six is tight. I would say uh, if you have a two queen bed, Shelly, you could do six because you put two on each bed and two on a pullout, but probably a little cramped. Look, I run a team like this sounds like a great place where I could have a team retreat. I do it. Um, I throw events where I'll bring clients and partners. This sounds like a great place to do that too. And honestly, it's not a big difference for me to do it. I would rather do some of these things in your off season, because for me, the big benefit is just getting together with the people. And it's, yeah, got, more, it's, a, it's got more, more special less yeah, diversion. Probably. Yeah. And if, and if it's, and if it's less it's less popular during those times and it's cheaper and less people around. I would it's actually her, you know, if you were to offer a deal, Hey, you could do a rent out of the whole property or fewer, a, a percentage of the property, lock it in now at a discount. All you have to do is partner with one person it, or two it, people and you sell out the whole thing. And here's another thought that could be sort of killer. If you wanted to, if you knew you could get groups of, you know, you have to do the math, but let's say you got groups of at least, so four is, so four, it's an upstairs and downstairs. So if you had, uh, if you had team members or families, you would have, or, or a husband, wife, or a significant other, you'd have one upstairs, one downstairs. Is that what it would be normally? It could be like that, but it's, uh, uh the cabins are set up, so the bedrooms are basically, the beds are basically downstairs in one room. But are they separated? So if you had two separate groups of people, they would not be in a public setting? You could, but. You're probably off just better off just get two cabins. Okay. And so it's so okay. We had two cabins for two people each. We mean one for two people each. And you had, if you had a, let's say you had 30 people, which would be 15 cabins. If it was three days, what would 15 times, well, in the off season, how much is it a night? Off season, midweek. Roughly. Like the, the retail price would be maybe around like 200 ish, maybe a little bit more. But um, but we can be very aggressive. Like we don't mind. Like like I said, that's uh, like honestly, you're probably even happy at a hundred because exactly. Uh, you know what's your break even on that, and then all the food and beverage is just yeah. additional profit. Yeah. Like, but you could do other things. You could have a package for people where you could even provide them a speaker virtually. Mm-hmm. I got a pretty good speaker. I mean, oh, that, 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 I like that. I I, I wonder. You know, the, you have a whole you have a whole, you have a whole collection yeah. of speakers that were normal. I mean, a lot of people have yeah. just said, hey. If I get you gigs in the off season when you're not speaking, I'll get you five grand instead of the 20 you charge yeah. or 15. And if you get them a bunch of them and it's just sort of fun 
in 90 minutes on a big screen in, in your conference room, that would be a pretty good uh, bonus. Mm-hmm. Mark, what, what activities are there um, to do near or on the property? Uh, in winter or just in general? Say in winter. Yeah, talk winter because it doesn't sound yeah. like the problem is yeah. is, yeah. is so, hard. So in, in winter, there's still um, hiking is always great. Yosemite is, is open year round. How far uh, away from Yosemite are you? And what's that? How far away from the... From the uh, we're uh, 17 miles from the gate. Okay. But okay. you're right on the water? Yeah, we're right on the water. Okay. okay. And it's spectacular setting? Oh, yeah. When, when it's, when it, especially if you get here when it snows, it, it truly feels like you're like in some type of movie oh. or whatever. Well, look, Mark, I, like I've been saying, I, I'm happy to do some small rent out in the winter and, and host a small group if if the price if the pricing's good and it's a win 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 there, that's a no brainer. I just became a member of this club in Idaho, and I wonder if you have an opportunity to that's have a, a membership yeah, to have a, a type of membership where you kind of right you get some on a annual on an annual recurring membership. And they get to come in the winter an unlimited oh. number of times. Yeah, it's very clever. Yeah, I wonder if you could do that during the week. They can come, you know, as much as and, and once a month or something. And availability uh, allowing, and you know. Make it a bit more high end. Maybe the the restaurants got some. Well, that'd be cool. We could a lot of front end money, to like ten yeah. grand or five grand initially, and yeah, a and, modest amount and, every and, month, and maybe, every year. Maybe you have some additional activities that people might like. Maybe there's a shooting. That's a very clever thing. idea. Um, we are we are as far as the activities, we are uh, in the process of bringing in a, a skate rink, like artificial skate rink. Oh, what, and when will it be there? I'm hoping by this winter, but. Um, we're just we're just kind of prioritizing some expenses, so sure. I'm hoping they'll be here this winter. Well, if you do any of these, you'll be able to afford it. Yeah, and, but, but that that's a very interesting idea, Nick. I I think I think uh, it's very clever. And, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you could go to your database and say we're organizing the you know the winter heroes and yep. you know club, and it's uh, modeled after something uh, the affluents do. You might want to enjoy it. You get to come every month. Availability uh, throughout the off. Off season, it's whatever five grand initiation, and yep. you know every year thereafter it's and, less. And you have some cool activities. Yeah, and you get a discount yeah. on your food and things like that. Because most people, I mean, I have a really nice. I told you we have our time share. You were there. Yep. We haven't been there for three years, but we still pay for it. <laughs> and it's beautiful down there. Yeah, but we just haven't had a round. Yeah. We got. We were in Europe. We were in Brazil. We just never went. So. So I think that I think that you have a lot of opportunity. It sounds to me, I'm curious Jay's Jay's thoughts here, but um, it sounds like you almost have like two ideal customer profiles of a business. You've got summer, which to me seems like you're going to be going after B to E and families, yeah. but it seems like winter to really get your occupancy up in the winter. It seems like it's going to be a different ICP, and that you're going to have mm-hmm. to be partnering with thought leaders that throw mastermind events, conferences companies that want to do retreats, you maybe do this membership idea, but it seems to me like it's almost winter's one profile, summer's another. Well, definitely. I like it, but here's what I, I mean, I would, I tend to be over generous. If you went to every influencer that has the right profile and you said, if you'll do a sequential email series for me uh, this winter, I'll give you whatever, third, a half of the, who cares in the first year, if you're starting to build a repeat following, and and you don't lose money and even and and you get a lot of people to experience it in a business context. But if you're not going to pay a lot of people salaries, you need to find a more. You got to motivate the heck out of people to want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I definitely, I like, I like all his stuff. And, and kind of one, one other thing that um, kind of give a little more light of what's possible. Like, so I, I got married last year. And, Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And so uh, and we got married on the resort, but uh, it, it was in the middle of May, but we, we chose midweek because there's already, you know, rooms that were booked, you know, on the weekends. So basically from, you know, uh, Sunday to Friday, we just booked the whole, the whole yep. resort. And it was actually a really cool experience because it's like, it's, it's actually like a little village as well as the uh, lodging and, and the restaurant. So it's, I feel like it, it, you can make it very intimate and it's, it'll be like a unique experience. Let me relate something to you. This is interesting. We had at our last $25,000 group program, a guy that has a wedding facility on his ranch in, where was he, Brian? Um, uh, to And he was saying, it's all these people that he can't accommodate because you know, they want to do it the same day. And we showed him how he could probably get a 50-50 deal with somebody else who was available. But you could go to San Fran. You could go to all the big cities around and go to anybody and say, when you have a event that you can't accommodate, Refer them to us and we'll give you 25%, particularly in the off season. We're going to run out of time. Is this helpful? Absolutely. I got, I got so many gold nuggets here. Um, um, and I got to you know, mull over and my, my brain's going to be uh, spinning with all these ideas. This is great. Yeah. I, I, one thing that we didn't get to that I am curious, what, well, we could do a follow-up, right? And, and do a check-in. I do think that knowing your lifetime value and be, ha, making sure that you have the data to capture and calculate that, knowing what percentage of people that come, come back and being able to monitor that, your customer success path, like how are you in re-engaging with people after you acquire them? You know, you have attraction, conversion, and retention. And, you know, we focus a lot always from left to right on attracting more people and doing some of these things. But, and then, you know, then you start thinking about your conversion and I think retention usually comes last, but I think it should be in a lot of cases, the opposite. And really, how do you maximize the lifetime value? How do you get these people that you spend all this hard, hard effort to acquire? How do you retain them and maximize them? How do you get them to come back year over year, more often, more people? You know, I think in order to really do that justice, you have to know the data, Mm -hmm. right? So it'd be... Well, I'm curious from your standpoint, what are, say, the top three things you got out of this that you're going to try to implement? Okay. Um, I think winter is the focus. I really feel like there's a lot of value that we could be creating. So um, looking at the uh, what we could offer in bartering for TV and radio, I think there's a, there's a huge potential there. So it's like uh, the marketing is driving you know, the business and it's not costing us anything. Um, that's one. I'm really interested in the idea of creating some type of membership for businesses, kind of what you had mentioned, because being so close to the Bay Area, these like so many of them being remote now too, that they're probably going to be having quarterly meetings and things of that nature. If you do it with one big enough business, right? Mm-hmm. And how, how long is winter? You look at that as like a 16 week kind of... Uh, yeah, I'd say, yeah. So you basically need 16 different partnerships. Well, if it's one big company, they might have enough teams where each team, it could be one of those 16. You know, if you go with one of these massive companies, but you basically need 16 different partnerships there where they do a rent out and you're covered. When you say it like that, it's like, wow, you know, it seems like uh, uh, there's just, I could generate some value pretty, 
pretty fast. Um, and then uh, I think I, you're right. I should like kind of uh, irresponsible of me not to know the lifetime value and the amount of repeat customers. And I know I should be knowing these things, but I think uh, sure. I, I don't even have, I'm not even the one who needs to be doing it. I just need to make sure my person does that. And then uh, I definitely want to go into LinkedIn to try to see if I can uh, reactivate some salespeople with the uh, with the commission as well too. I like that. Very good. We have to go, but this was great, and I enjoyed you thoroughly. And uh, I'm going to send you a bunch of my programs, and you can owe me some stuff which I may or may not ever use. But if I do, honor it. But I'll send you a bunch of my programs to help you. Okay. Yeah, you know that's uh, very generous of you, and I, I definitely will look at that and. Both of you, uh, uh, I really, really appreciate this opportunity and the knowledge that you guys have given me. And either one of you or anyone you know, if you guys want to come, I definitely would love to take care of you guys and show you around. Okay, very cool. Thank you very much. Good luck, Mark. Thank you to everyone at home or on the go for listening. If you find this show helpful, please hit the follow or subscribe button. It does wonders for the show. So more people can find the optimized podcast organically. If you'd like to be on the show, we have an open invite to anyone who wants our challenges solved. If you want to get in the hot seat, you can submit your business right now at theoptimizedpodcast.com. If we think you're a good fit, we'll get you on the show. If you have any questions or recommendation, drop us a comment right here, wherever you're listening to your podcast. We'd love to hear from you. See you on the next episode.